Hello, welcome to another episode of Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, James Santana. As always, I'm joined by my illustrious sidekick, Hunter Van Lera. Beetle noises. I don't know. Beetle noises. I don't know. I don't know what beetles sound like. Chitter, chitter. Uh, they sound... Oh, you talking about like, the scarab? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, like a locust. Like a... Yeah. They, um, they just sound like people. Well, oh, no, no. In, so, the scare. I'll talk about the scarab later on when we get to our topic, but the scarab sounds like a person. No, I know <laughs> that. I read the books, and I've seen the trailer for the movie. The scarab's a female. Yeah. It was a female in, um, Young Justice, too, I think, right? No, it's ambiguous. It's, it's kind of like, um, androgynous voice. Yeah, but I think it's leaning more towards the female side of it. At least from what I remember from, like, the one season I saw him in. But, I don't know. I haven't watched the new season. You stuff. should watch Young Justice. We should cover Young Justice on <laughs> You'll force me to watch four seasons. We'll watch it when it we'll watch it when it's over and we'll talk about the storied history. If they ever finish it. We'll talk about Young Justice from I mean if they make a new season. Yeah, we'll start from season one, talk about the video game, then we'll talk about the comic book tie-ins and then we'll finish it. <laughs> we have we don't have a lot of news to talk about. We were talking about this for like the last couple of days, where it's been super small on like what news is. So Hunter found two of the news. One I, one I didn't even know. Where's the rumor that you found? I forget where I found it, but I found it. Cause I I went to look for it after you. Like I, I was going through when you, me and you were talking about news uh, earlier this week. I was like, oh, I saw that. I saw that rumor. I'm like, I oh, think it where was did you one find of those it? Twitter leakers or X leakers. So that's why I put big rumor next to it. Okay, that's why I, I see this yeah. rumor. I'm like, oh, that happens. I know me and you. We always disclaim rumor when we talk about it. It was by a source that has been right before, so I didn't want to be like, it's confirmed, because nothing ever is. But, you know, they've had some validity with some of their rumors, so I figured I'd at least talk about it, just because my wife likes them a lot. So, (laughs) yeah, big Supernatural fan. The rumor is, J.R. Padlecki, he played Sam Winchester on Supernatural. He's Walker now (laughs) on uh, the other CW show. He was also in the Friday the Thirteenth reboot, <laughs> which is can which is canon to the Transformers movies. I'll have you know. I That'd can't. Wild. Yes, yeah, so Jared Padalecki is rumored to play what Richard Ryder over, right? Yeah, yeah, Dick Ryder. Yeah, when I sent the so my wife doesn't know too much about the Marvel characters outside of the movies, and she barely knows who Nova is because she's seen him on like a few video games or like in the few TV shows, but she doesn't know who he is. So I texted her and I was like, Jared Padalecki's going to join the MCU as Richard Ryder. And she goes, Dick Ryder. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but you know, but this also comes out of another rumor that the movie is on hold, like almost indefinitely. So we don't really know, but if Jared Padalecki's tied to it, he's got a lovable face. They'll throw him in something. I just want to know how they're going to re-explain the Nova situation. Are they going to are they going to do like a Green Lantern story where he's the last Nova Corps member, or is it new Nova Corps recruiting and he's like one of the guys? It's probably it's probably new Nova Corps recruiting, and we already have them established. They're not destroyed in the MCU yet. Well, no, they were destroyed, and then they were destroyed up until like the end of Endgame because um, that's when Thanos destroyed everything, and they all got a lot of them got killed in the first movie as well so a lot of the nova core was like scattered and then we didn't really hear anything about it until we saw guardians of the galaxy volume three or in the holiday special or something where the nova are involved that's what i'm saying like the last time we saw them they're still active 
Yeah, but we don't know if this is going to be a story. You know how the MCU does things every once in a while, where they're like, "This one takes place in the '80s. This Nova movie could take place like either right after or during the five years, or right at the beginning of the Nova Corps. We don't know. I would like that if they go play. If you're, if I'm placing it. I would like it to be. Within I would the five say years. if you're gonna do yeah something like that. So my Nova pitch would be to do a 40 minute special with Richard Ryder, where he's the last of the Nova Corps. He goes missing. Uh, I mean, he's trying to investigate everything that's missing because of the snap, and he ends up like being in the background or something during Endgame just to throw a nod, like, I was doing this while this happened, because people will complain. And then as he returns, he gets lost somewhere. And then they do a Nova TV show with Sam Alexander where he goes to find this missing Nova, and it's Richard Ryder, and then it's like, that's what I would do, because then you have two projects. I mean, I'm not against it, I guess. That's a good idea. Like I would, the only reason why I would put it in there in five years because that would be like one of those like, oh hey, it explores, like oh the Nova Core half Nova Core is wiped out because of the yeah. snap, and because right? Thanos destroyed the shit out of it <laughs> when he landed there to get the stone. Yeah, so like oh now that we're recruiting, so now that's five years, it's like oh he's been in space, and so when he reappears, posts anything, and oh well I've been in space the entire time. Where well, we said all our characters that we don't want on Earth to exactly. do movie stuff. So he's gone for a few years, and then this kid Nova finds him. Because he's looking for his dad, and he thinks his dad is the blip that is Richard Ryder. So when he finds him, he's like, you're not my dad. Because they can kind of take like the 2013 no, storyline. He's like, my name is Dick. Dick Ryder. If you're not going to do a Jared, like a Richard Ryder-focused series or something, you're going to do something with Sam and his young, just not young justice, his champion style like characters that are kicking around right now. Yeah, that's, I mean, you can, I mean, and we've talked about this before on the show and even before the show, um, Young Justice, uh, Young Justice, Young Avengers and Champions are kind of interchangeable, yeah. you know what I mean? I think they're going to just do um, Young Avengers, but it's going to be, has a half and half because we have Riri, we might likely yeah. get, um, it makes sense. yeah, we might likely get Nova, we have Kamala, I mean, technically we have every single one of the Young Justice, oh my god, I'm doing it too. Well, I started it and then I thought I finished <laughs> it, but I kept going. <laughs> um, the Young Avengers, except for Hulkling, but they just like also kind of rumored. We're just talking about rumors that a Wiccan show has been greenlit, yeah. and he's that's going to have Hulkling in it. I saw the same rumor. They changed the rumor to be that he's going to appear in uh, House no, no, of no, Harkness. No, 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 he is in House of Harkness. They've already confirmed that he's the kid from Heartstopper, okay. and and a lot of people want Teddy to be played by the other guy from Heartstopper. That's just dumb. I don't like that. I don't like the fan casting because, oh, they're in this together. But, like, he does kind of look like Teddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll admit, it kind of looks good. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. But that, my problem is, like, oh, well, they look, they were a good couple in that, so they should be this couple here. Like, no. That... No, he's a rising star. He kind of looks the part. I get what you're saying, but it, this one, I'll, I'll allow. I'll allow. <laughs> no, I get it. And that's the whole thing. Like, I, for me, it's just one of those things of, um, you're casting because of a, like they were good in this movie together, but does it mean like they should play the couple for everything no, for sure. they're in together? Um, but the, so after House of Harkness, they're doing Vision Quest and they're doing Wiccan, and Wiccan's gonna be like finding his mom and Teddy, and then Vision is gonna be finding himself, and then they're gonna meet up at the end of their two series and have like another Scarlet Witch thing, where the family gets brought together. I'm surprised that they're like these are all in talks, but we're still heavily, heavily, heavily. No, no, apparently these were all halted projects due to the writer strike, as they were all in like active development. They were talking about it. 
but they've all been put on like suspension, obviously, because of everything that's going on. Yeah, so yeah, people are just true. like, yeah, this was something that was happening before the strike, but it might get canceled. So like, we could talk, we could say that it was in development, but now, yikes. You want to move to some DC news? Yeah, man, let's hop into the only other piece of news we got, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris McKay's Nightwing movie is no longer in development at DC Studios. This comes after James Gunn released a statement the other day uh, uh, during an interview, I guess. So not really a statement, but was talking about the structure and how tight-knit it is and how like engrossed they are in it. So anything on the outside that isn't Reeves-verse or Joker is getting nipped. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, like he was talking about like today they um, announced the like, James announced that uh, Batman: The Brave and the Bold movie hasn't been written yet, so fans are freaking out. Yeah, like we can't they can't do anything right now. We're in the writer's strike, writer's actor strike right now, and like yeah, I get like fans are upset that like a movie that they've been wanting is just canceled, but like. Because it doesn't fit into the continuity. And it wouldn't fit in continuity either universe, to be mm-hmm. fair. It was supposed to be part of the Batgirl continuity. Yeah, kind of. Yes. It was when... Um, it was supposed to be the Snyderverse. Mm-hmm. Because it made sense with like the Dead Jason part. You already covered it in, in BBS. You know. Mm-hmm. But it would have been something... I don't know. Like, it would, was it supposed to be canon? What you know? I, I I'm only guessing because I can I I can make it in my head, but it all depends on how old the actor was going to be. I know they wanted um I was to say Sprouse, but it's not Sprouse. Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, O'Brien. Making a Nightwing film makes sense. You know, it makes but... sense even without a Batman movie. Just fuck it. It's a good. You can make it work better than Batman. You know, with Guns Universe, I get why you don't want to jump the gun. I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, they're not, it's not going forward. Yeah, but you hold on to that script and hold on to that plot. You maybe you'll put it in, like, a year or two down the line, three years down the line. I think you could make it the sequels, in quotes, to or Batman and Brave and the Bold 1.5, where you do Batman and Robin, and you, ex- you can even have Nightwing show up and be like, I was Robin before. It gets better. Batman means – Bruce means well, but he sucks. He's also your dad. He's kind of my dad. And then he'll disappear at the end of the movie, and then something will happen, and he'll be like, "My solo movie," and then we'll get that. You're, well, you're right because James Gunn did say like the Bat Family is already around by the time Brave and the Bold is uh, out. I can't wait till we get like let's say ten, let's say ten years from now we get a Red Hood film. That's gonna be awesome. We'll be too old. Like, I mean, I would feel like it's too late. You know, I don't mean like adaption. I mean it's like way too late movie. at that point to do. I just do Under the Red Hood. I do want to see Under the Red Hood adapted. Yeah, I would love to see that as well, but it would be that would have to be Batman the Brave and the Bold too. It would have to be, otherwise they can't do it. Within the adaption of their universe. Yeah, exactly. So, we have one last bit of news real quick, and then we jump into our topic. I feel like this is going to be a short episode. So, we move on to a weird tweet that happened this morning. Uh, me and Hunter were like kind of blabbering about like low before. Uh, CBR, uh, internal issues uh, are kind of like leaking out as a tweet comes from an account from their account. It looks like there was some. I guess an employee tweeted it out because it's actually really kind of shitty. Um, but it looks like they're uh, describing their new sector as being removed or they're being fired or removed by yeah, force. It's anybody who chose to be part of the writer's strike is getting fired, and then they're pushing towards AI-driven clickbait articles. So me and Cam were joking about it. 
Well, like he's like it's already not that. I'm like, no. I mean, yeah, a lot of them recently have been like very misleading or like just nothing news. Apparently, they don't treat their writers very well. Very I well. mean, well, yeah. But the whole thing is like there is a part of it where it's like you need like they need to back off. Mm-hmm. You know. Like it's crazy that this is a thing, and we're watching it like happen in front of our eyes to a company that you know that I've always said like I use it for the sh- for the podcast. I use it just for comic book news in general. Yeah, same. You know, and I always thought them. I always saw them as one of the 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 better um, news outlets to yeah. use. And then they got bought out by oh, the, no, that was just wrong. Uh, no, no, they got bought out by Viax. It's not, I'm going to say Viacom, but it's not Viacom. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, but they got bought out by like a big, they got bought out by a big yeah, corporation. Yeah, big corpo doesn't want to pay the, the freelance writers, so they're getting AI to do it. This brings us another piece of news. I want to write it down, but I, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like not breaking, but it's like ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, this court, I forgot what state it was in. It's about um, it's about the use of AI in um, creation of art and, and media and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. This guy had created he had he, he owns the AI and he uses it to generate like art and stuff. Mm-hmm. He then went to copyright the art and the copyright office was like, no, oh, you yeah, can't because it's made by other people's stuff, right? Because he got then he got he sued the copyright office. Then the courts were like, no. You can't copyright something that you didn't create 100% yours. You mean, and I say 100% yours meaning like you it, – it's, it's not like you tangibly made the, the product. You told the computer you wanted X, Y, and Z and it pulled from images from around the world to create your image. That's not you creating an image. Um, so copyright law says – and this is kind of – was going to help some of the writers and actors stuff. The, really, the writer stuff is that the now the case has set that you can't copyright AI materials that's created, which means for like uh, everyone else that if someone create AI creates something like a corporate like Disney for example, they don't own it. So anyone they can take that character that they made via AI generation and do whatever they want to it. They can't legally copyright. So that's probably what was going to stop some of these these studios from making like AI. Um, AI uh, generated content, um, which is good. You know, we saw that we, we already saw one thing, one law passed from the Supreme Court talking about um, the fact that you can't make money off of AI if you sell it. If you sell, uh, which one? If you if you like the comic book thing, you can't. If you sell it, you can't make money off. Yeah. So it's it, a lot of things are turning in favor to creators. So it's crazy to see this is like happening. But, like, nobody's budging on this stupid, like, strike right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just really cool to see that. So, like, we were talking about, like, comic books. Uh, me and a, uh, one, of my co- one of the other customers I know is a lawyer. I mean, he knows copyright law. Kind of copyright law. He does something else. But we talked about that. And uh, the big thing is that it's what's going to happen when they say you can't use AI to generate content. to make for mo- At least for monetary purposes. Not for like the stupid fun stuff that the rest of the machines for. Like, let's smash together Ghost Rider or Batman. Um, yeah. But like, what what 
what is going to be the end goal now that's off the table? You know, everything that they thought the writers were fearing is kind of now, it's dwindling down. I mean, to be fair, as time goes on, um, things, I mean, not in the short term, but in the long term, we will have to address the, the AI thing mm. closer. Um, only because there it is a new technology, and anytime there's new technology added to anything, you know, there is an issue, like, you know, whether, like, photo, like, like, photo, like, someone brought up on a, uh, a podcast I was listening to. Oh, no, no, actually, it was a customer I was talking about, uh, talking to. Um, it was, like, about Photoshop, like, if you use Photoshop, when, when Photoshop first came out, using Photoshop in photography, and then selling it, well, technically, you're doctoring the photo, it's not the original photo. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as I use it for a tool to help edit my photo so I'm not taking 8 million photos to get the right lighting and the right, you know, the right, like, look or, like, a small blemish, is that really creating a new photo from, like, scratch? Or am I just doctoring the photo so it's an editing tool? And then court, they went through courts and blah, blah, blah. And they realize, oh, no, it can be used as an editing tool. As long as you're not creating an image through Photoshop and selling it as an image that you created as, like, that's a real person or whatever. You know, so yeah, it took a while, but you know, we finally got that was settled years ago. You know, now we're just kind of in the same vein with AI, so it's really cool to see what what what. It's cool and scary to see what happened. I watched enough Terminator to know that AI is bad. Um, you tell me wrong. The eighties told us that all machines yeah, were all evil. Naked. Yeah, we're all naked in tubes. Yeah. Um, so. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild to see what happens with this, especially in you know in the comic space where you know people were already talking about well if they're not gonna do that for that well they can make it for comic books and then say that later on like yeah but I mean if you want to be shady about it you could yeah if you want to be a stupid idiot you know <laughs> yeah like because like what's really what's really stopping a young indie guy that's like wants to write a million scripts has ideas but doesn't have the time and then punches in an AI generator, you know what I mean? Yeah. But on a good note, like I said, let's end the news on a good note. The case was struck down, they were able to not win. The guy's gonna appeal it, but again, it's the United States, of course, you're gonna appeal it. I mean, most times, you, you most, 98% yeah. of the time, you lose again. Unless they come up with some crazy ass Yeah, but this guy's not gonna, this guy's just like, bro, bro, bro. So, he's one of those butthurt little baby men. The future looks bright for writers and actors, so please, guys, keep supporting the writer's strike and the actor's strike, and we will go from there. This week's topic, uh, normally we try to do these a little bit earlier, and I forgot. We should have done this actually last week <laughs> for our episodes, because uh, the movie premiered over the weekend. But we are talking about the history of Blue Beetle in comics. We will be talking about the three in-canon Blue Beetles for the DC Universe. Um, starting off, we are talking about Dan Garrett. First appearing in Merry, I won't say Merry Men, because um, it's not Merry Men, Mystery Men Comics, number one, in August 1939. Dan Garrett was created by Charles Nicholas Watatowski and Fox Comics, later became Charlton Comics. Dan, oh, by the way, which is crazy, a little preview for next week's episode, his uniform does, but Dan Garrett himself does not appear in the movie. That's why I don't think he gets credit, because he's, a, he's not there. Dan Garrett finds the scarab later on named Kajada in a temple, uh, the temple of, 
I think it is like Pharaoh Kaje Da, but it's like weird. It's like spelt differently in the book. It allows him to get superpowers. First, Dan has superpowers from a special vitamin, very similar to Owl Man. He would get powers by eating this vitamin, get super strength, door really speed. The basic superhero nonsense that every Silver Age comic book yeah. character had. And again. Uh, <laughs> and later on, yeah. And then later on, he got powers from the Scarab, which gave him the same exact powers. So he didn't have to take the vitamin. That's good. Very convenient. Uh, so that's just fucking very much branding. They're like, we don't uh, want to change his powers. It's too much. It's too annoying. We'll just say that Scarab gives him the same exact powers. <laughs> What's really cool about Dan is uh, so the powers he had is hand to hand combat, flight, energy protection, superhero strength, and durability. That's from the actual Scarab. Originally, uh, he's an archaeologist as a like daytime job, uh, and that's how he ends up finding the uh. He ends up getting the scarab. Originally, before before he became an archaeologist, he was a pharmacist, and that's how he created his his vitamin thing. And then later on, the original Blue Beetle Volume One from Charlton Comics, uh, he kind of was just a it was a sixty year sixty issue series, which it was kind of like a he was a pharmacist that would. To solve crimes, it was like a, it was a pulp book. It was just a cool crime pulp book that they would like ran in the thirties. Later on, he became the archaeologist in the Silver Age before the buyout from um, DC. But yeah, with him being Blue Beetle and an archaeologist, but what he would do is that all the the all the stories became like supernatural like stories. Supernatural and crime stories, because like they added like twists, like oh he's finding a mummy, he found this like ancient relic that brought back the dead. It's that type of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was more like an Indiana Jones character mixed with like um, no, actually no, Indiana Jones roots. Um, instead of also the second change into his once he gained the scarab was the, the ability like so in the his early days he would have to put on the costume like a human being like put on pants and stuff. Um, he would then, after he got the scarab, say the word Kaja died, then transform into his Blue Beetle costume. Dan Garrett was the Blue Beetle, the first Blue Beetle, and that lasted kind of forever. Like I said, 60 issue run in his, in his first volume, and then later on, he was replaced by Ted Kord, the second Blue Beetle, which he, that was in 1966. So that was 60 years. Oh, sorry, 30 years, 30 years. Dan Garrett, about 30 years, give or take, of uh, Dan Garrett, and then we hit Ted Cord in Captain, in her first appearance in Captain Adam 83 in, 19, in 1966. Ted Cord is a super genius uh, with no other abilities. In Charlton Comics, Fox Comics, he was the, not, he's not psychic, so I don't want to say the word psychic. The, the word psychic is wrong. He was actually like a helper to Dan Garrett. He was just a former student of his. Then uh, Ted went to school for archaeology, met Dan. Dan became his mentor. They were, they teamed up. Ted was still not like not a psychic. He was just like a tag along. You think Kano? No, not Kano. Not Kano. Kato. Kato. From Green Hornet, but not an actual psychic. Um, he went along with Dan to go investigate uh, Ted's uncle, Jarvis. Uh, they found out Jarvis was, like, creating robots to destroy the Earth. Again, that Silver Age sci-fi stuff. 
in the process, Garrett, Dan Garrett died. And that's how Ted became the Blue Beetle. Really kind of side note to all this, it doesn't make sense that he doesn't know the scare. He, doesn't, he can't figure out how the scare works, right? That's his entire, his entire plot of his Blue Beetle, Ted Kord's Blue Beetle saga in the early days is to figure out why the scare doesn't work for him, why he can't he doesn't gain superpowers mm-hmm. or anything, right? And this is before the, the, the merger with with uh, DC, before Crash on Infinite Earths. So even doing all that, during his time at Charlton, he doesn't know how to get the scare to ever work. Mm-hmm. Once, and I could buy that. I could really buy that. That makes sense. Like, hey, the guy who presented before you died, he left you no notes. Um, and then you just became like a, vig- a street, not street level, but yeah, street level vigilante, but like, he's Batman, but less violent. You know. Um, then, when, but the thing comes after the merger with, after Crash on Infinite Earth, right? Yeah. He still has his, uh, he still gets the Scarab. The Scarab still doesn't work for him. But like, it doesn't make sense once he's in the DC universe because like you have people that are like ancient Egyptian, like Dr. Fate uh, and Hawkman, you know, that could explain like what this technology is. And I'll get to the, the, the retcon in a second. Like, I want to get to J- uh, Jaime. Um, but there's other reasons why, like it, it never, it always bothered me that like, like there's other characters that you, that he was actually around a lot. That couldn't be like, yeah, that's not ancient Egyptian, that's that's alien, or yeah, no, it's magic. You know, you you went from Charlton Comics, which didn't have a plethora of characters to like be able to bounce that information off of, or knew about that stuff. Now you're in the DC universe that has a merged continuity. You definitely should have had ways to do it. You know what I mean? So that's my nitpick with with Ted, but I'll get to more about Ted later on. Um, and then finally, we have third and current Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes. Jaime Reyes first appeared in Infinite Crisis number six in 2002. I think I, I did off the top. I think I did that one off the top of my dome. I thought it was 2003. God, no, 2006. 2006. Boom, boom. Six. Infinite, oh, sorry. Infinite Crisis 3 in 2006. Sorry. I was <laughs> so wrong. Uh, and then as Blue Beetle uh, in Infinite Crisis number five in April 2006. Uh, Jaime Reyes is a little kid. He's a little kid. He's like Miles Morales, but for DC. Pretty much. So what it is, is Jaime Reyes is a Latin, uh, Hispanic, uh, Hispanic boy from, uh, I, I think in the comics, he's in Cal- he's in Gotham. Again, I just read Infinite Crisis from my, my Crisis Adventures podcast. And, um, he's, he's in California. I think, or I think he's in a border town in Mexico. He's not in Mexico when this goes down, because he sees the Spectre fight, um, Eclipso, I think, and then like he watch, they see the scare crash. Uh, they see the scare crash. Uh, yeah, I thought he was in SoCal. Unless I'm confusing. Yeah. Some anyway, I think he is in SoCal. That's what I'm saying. The movie I mean, I have the information. In the the movie is as Palmea City. Let me see. He, he, oh, he's in El Paso. He's in Texas. That makes sense. Okay. Anyway, so he gets the scare. The scare crashes to Earth. Eventually, attaches himself to to Jaime, mm-hmm. and Jaime gets a bunch of powers. 
Um, he teams up with Booster Gold. Booster Gold explains to him that it's a technology from an alien race called the Reach. Um, and it's, it's the Scarab's like an Iron Man armor. Mm. Uh, which allows Jaime to do a bunch of things. Uh, fly, edge protection, like, transform into arms into weapons. All the, like a, it literally is a big, crazy Iron Man armor. Um, it's then reckoned that the Reach and the Green Lantern Corps are, like, had a war back in the day, and that's why, like, the they couldn't find them. The biggest recon it makes is that it's not magical in pro- any property. Um... Which is weird because Dan Garrett's still in continuity. So they don't ever kind of like circle that square real quick about Dan Garrett having this scarab and getting powers from the scarab. They kind of just like let it be. Um, after that, it's just, it's, this is like, he's just a current uh, Blue Beetle. That's really it. He is now the second. He's not the longest running Blue Beetle because he's been around only since um, two thousand six. But he's the most. He's the most. Just because the movie's coming out now, he's the new face of the Blue Beetle mm-hmm. legacy. A little FYI tidbit for this: Tim Drake was actually supposed to be the third Blue Beetle, not Hyman. Ooh, interesting. Why'd they make the change? Yeah. Representation. So, so I no 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 no. It's not one of those like stupid movements. It's what happened was so in the comic books, and this was well before Infinite Crisis. This was the idea. The idea was Tim Drake because they wanted to, they wanted him to grow up, but you could the, the idea of Tim growing up to be another whatever. I mean, he later on became Red Robin, but like another Batman esque family member that's like Nightwing didn't make sense because Nightwing was already on his own and did this whole thing. Having Tim then do that doesn't make sense. This is well before Red Hood was a thing. Um, and he and and Tim was a big fan of Ted Cord. They would team up in his Robin book all the time, and 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 Blue Beetle was Tim's mentor sometimes in the book because they both were like they were really scientific geniuses that were detectives. They were like analogs, but he was just happening to be a lot older than him. Um, it circled around that. Eventually, they will retire Ted Cord because, like, the, in reality, he it, it, he's a character that wasn't moving the needle as Ted Cord, and they were going to put Tim Drake as the new Blue Beetle, and then he would be the new Blue Beetle going forward forever, and that would be away from him and retire as Robin, and Nightwing and Batman would get back together as the dynamic duo type of thing. I would love to see that uh, in a world where that happened. Um, right. <laughs> I think it's a cool idea. One day we'll see that what if. I'll write the story. I don't care. Um, but yeah, this didn't happen. And then years later, they did Jaime as uh, Blue Beetle. Um, so now on to the final character of the Blue Beetles, which is the Scarab itself. Uh, we now know that the Scarab is a massive weapon from... Um, the Reach. It's a war tool. It, it was a uh, that they use against the Guardians. What it does, uh, excuse me. The word Kajeda is actually not a name. It's the serial number on the Scarab. Um. So when people use it, they don't have to like. 
you don't have to. Like, so when like Dan, when Dan Garrett used to say the word and get powers again, like I said, they never recon that out of it, but it's kind of just weird. Um, we now know there's a bunch of other scarabs that are out there. Um, in with with the last um uh, blue beetle blue beetle graduation day book, and with the new blue beetle book coming out now, or will be coming out now or shortly. Um, he also um. Like you saw, like they now it's kind of weird. Now there's like freaking Power Rangers because you have uh, um, we have the yellow one and the green one in the books from Graduation Day, uh, and then the red one showing up in Blue Beetle number one. Um, and we also know the Black Beetle is like the future evil version of of Jaime, or his sister, or due to time travel shenanigans, the Black Beetle always changes who it is on the helmet, like Time Trapper. Um. But yeah, it's just a weapon. It's a weapon that uses power to whoever its host is. Um, yeah. Other than that, the major thing that Blue Beetle has contributed to comics is that they are the inspiration to Night Owls. The Night Owls uh, in Watchmen. Yeah, because when Alan Moore came up with the idea to, to to do Watchmen, originally it was just supposed to be the Charleston Comics characters. And then DC was like, No. <laughs> Like you can't abuse off the new the new mm-hmm. guys we yeah, got. You can't, like, can't do that. This. Make new guys that are all based like, off no, the no, guys and look almost similar to the guys. So yeah, that's really it. That's a quick brief history of Blue Beetle. There's really outside of that, it's the, there's no major like so. Dan Gary doesn't have major storylines, but because he is a Charlton character, he kind of gets wiped out amongst everything. I would love for them to have incorporated him, whether like retroactively in the new the DC New Golden Age stuff as a member of the uh, just society or something, but you know they're not going to do that. Um, or maybe they would shift shots. Um, major storylines with Ted Cord is of course infinite, uh, is um. So outside of that, um, it's it's not. Oh my god, I want it's. I want to call it identity crisis, but it's not. It's not. It's all the pre. It's all the preludes to um, infinite crisis. He's the first one to realize something's wrong with Brother I. He's also the first one to realize. Oh, countdown to infinite crisis. That's what the book's called. He's the first one to realize like something's going on in the world, and then he gets killed for it by uh, Maxwell Lord. Also, his other big one is his friendship with Booster Gold, which has become, like, a staple in the DC Universe. You know, so they're also they're the leads of... They're also the leads of the uh, David Tayez Justice League book. Yes, the Bwahaha era. That's the Guy Gardner. That's the Booster Gold. Black Canary. Batman punches Guy one. What was the last book uh, they, they were in together? Booster Gold, um, 2021. And that was eight. That was eight. Issues. I thought they wanted another team book. I thought they, no, I thought they, they wanted a team book. Oh no, I'm thinking One Star Squadron. That's okay, not what yeah, I'm thinking after about. Justice League 3000. They appeared in here. I was, I was thinking, and then they were in Blue and Gold. Yeah, no, I'm thinking. I thought they were in One. I thought I'm thinking of them being in One Star Squadron. Well, and they weren't one in of that them book. Might be like maybe Booster Gold makes an appearance, mm-hmm. but that's Red Tornado book. Yeah, it is. And the Power Girl's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kinda. So, outside of that, you, I know you had questions for me. Oh, and Jaime's big story is also Infinite Crisis, which is his first, his first appearance. 
And then, really, nothing after that. Oh, he's in the uh, Time Masters miniseries, uh, which you get. It's him and, and Booster Gold, Superman, Everett Hunter going through time, trying to fix the time, to make sure the timeline doesn't fall apart. Uh, and that's you get to meet Black Beetle. And then after that, uh, nothing really. Graduation day. Well, no, they did Generation Lost, which was, um, they were, it was the, all the modern members of the Mateus era got together. And then Graduation Day. And then whatever this new one is. Graduation Day, and then this is, uh, they, I, they were supposed to call it Reach War. But I think they changed it now just to Blue Beetle. I think it was originally supposed to be another miniseries, but then I think that they announced that it's going to be a little bit longer than a miniseries, so... They're just calling a blue beetle for now until they decide how many issues they're doing. So, what question you got ask for me about Dan Garrett and any significant stories? But you kind of said no. Yeah, and like I said, that has more to do with the fact that he was a he was already dead by the time they acquired him in the DC universe for Charlton. Yeah, and he he barely makes appearances in anything unless it's flashbacks or anniversaries. He doesn't because of the. I think I don't know whether this is true or not, and excuse me, it might be a rights issue. Excuse me, for a fact is that so Project Superpowers, you know, I love that book series. They are a team called the Fox Society, named after Fox Comics, and Dan Garrett, the Blue Beetle, shows up there with his original spelling of his name. So whether it's because he's a public domain character or not may be an issue, but that doesn't matter. Like you own the Blue Beetle name, who cares? Do you? Uh, I haven't read that much Blue Beetle, if any at all, besides him being in team books. Uh, do you have any favorite Blue Beetle stories? Infinite Crisis. It's the best Blue Beetle story ever written. Is it a Blue Beetle story though? I mean, they're part of it, and it's because it's it's. Because it starts off with the death of Blue Beetle, which starts a lot of this stuff, and then ends with the birth of Jaime Reyes. Yeah, like Ultimate Fallout. I'm sorry. Yeah, like Infinite Crisis. Yeah. Just saying, man. It's true. Brian Michael Bendis, I see you. It works. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not bad. It works. Having your uh, having a, a, a character that you've owned for years die and have their legacy brought back through Jaime, the new character works. And honestly, the one big thing I will say I love the Blue Beetle characters as a whole is that it's the one true legacy like that has been going on. Like that that doesn't like rely on like a million people taking the mantle and or fake outs and people switching back and forth. No, Dan died, Ted took over, Ted died, Jaime took over. And for years Ted didn't come back until the reboot. Yeah, he didn't come back to fifty two to be uh, he was a mentor in that one. That was like I read the first like yeah. few issues of the new fifty two because I read every I read every new fifty two book at the beginning. But I read the first few issues of Blue Beetle and I remember just not connecting with it at the time. And then uh I, I never got around to it, and then I checked out the few issues at the beginning of Rebirth. And those ones I feel like were good, but again, I didn't connect with the material originally. It's kind of like how I wasn't really into Miles Morales until I sat down and read all of his issues leading up to the movie. 
Yeah, so I plan on picking up um, the book of the um, the Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes book one and two at some point, and then that can that does all the 2006 to New 52 stuff, and then get the New 52 yep, rebirth, and then graduation day. I, I want to get all those books, especially after I see the movie, because I know I'm going to love the movie, and then I know I'm going to want to read about the character. <laughs> yeah, I've only heard good things, so I'm excited. I'm seeing it probably tomorrow, maybe. And Oh, one character we have to talk about that's in the movie that we didn't talk about is Victoria Cord. She is Ted's sister. She's only just got introduced in the... Yeah, uh, Victoria, Victoria. She'll probably Victoria, be right? in the comics yeah. soon, then. She is in the comics. She appeared in Blue Beetle Graduation Day number there you three. Go. She there was a bad go. guy in it. That's why I was like, all right, it just she just came in the book. She's gonna have a bigger role in the Blue Beetle new series. Her and Ted are gonna be like his Ted's in it too. Yeah. So her and Ted will be working together. That'll be fun to see. Alright, man, let's jump into our book reviews. We have The Penguin, written by Tom King and produced by DC Comics. Uh, after tying to Metropolis following his death, Oswald Cobbler finds himself forced back in the unpredictable violence of Gotham City Underworld. This may or may not be canon to the book. So he kind of died in the failsafe saga. We know he it, it was didn't work out. He was alive. Um, but in the issue, he does reference the Killing Time book. Whether it's and that's in open continuity, also, but was also written the, in, written by Tom. Next up from Image Comics, we have The Schlub, uh, written by Kenny Porter and Ryan Stegman, and all by Terrell Cannon. Um, this is a weird twist on Freaky Friday, in which it, uh, dentist Roger Dalton, uh, whose like life is in shambles, switches places with Sirius, the world's premier superhero. Um, they switch bodies. Um, after they after a serious fighting an alien monster crash lands into his lap into his dentist his dentist's office, it's funny. It's all comedy, over the top action set pieces. Um, and now that he has the body of this worst of his superhero, he wants to use it to get revenge on everyone's ever wronged him. But because he doesn't know how to use the body properly, he needs Sirius to like kind of mentor him through it all. Which is like funny because like you have this like little short chubby man going. You can't do this. And he goes, I can do whatever I want. Like, no, you can die. You're like, you're dying <laughs> if you don't like leave. It's a fun action comedy. If you want a book to chuckle, and this is a book I know you Oh, yeah, it's on my list to check out. If you want just a good laugh and a good, just fun read, pick up Shalom. So, next up, we have Immortal Thor by Al Ewing, all by Martin Cocoloco. Cocolo, uh, produced by Marvel Comics. We have. Two more Marvel books to cover. Um, Immortal Thor is a soft reset of the Thor franchise. No, well, by soft reset, and I mean the softest of resets. All it does, it do, it fixes Thor's hammer with Thor's hammer's not broken. What else? It's not broken anymore. And he's back in his classic uniform. That's it. Aaron was the one who had it broken and, like, missing. And, and like, then Kate off. fixed it in his room. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's Thor back to basics. Um, I like that a lot. It's a very new reader new reader friendly book uh, with Thor. If you've never read Thor, this is great. Now what's happening though? There is a force that's coming to Earth. I won't spoil. Uh, there is a bigger bag, but they're called the Yugar. So in mm. continuity, not continuity, in myth- Norse mythology, they're they're like giants that exist in a land that like is the true land and it goes from there 
Thor has to face his counterpart from there, plus this the person behind it all is someone super close to mm-hmm. Thor. Also, this soft reboot allows him to travel to from Midgard without being a weirdo. So it's cool. The the, the force the, the Bifrost is rebuilt by Loki. Um, but like Loki knows something's going on. It's really a cool twist because you kind of want to know why these guys have appeared and what Loki really knows about them. <laughs> also, Loki's no longer the king slash queen of the Jotuns anymore, which is stupid. But it made sense too because like they weren't really doing much when they were king anyway. Uh, it was kind of like a drop plot point early on in Cage's run. Um, but yeah, it's a good book. Definitely check it out if you wanted to read Thor. Definitely if you've never read Thor before, you need to, and you wanted to do Thor, don't go super far back to read this book. Next up is Jean Grey by Louise, Louise Simonson, which is, she's a, a boss bitch creator. Um, she helped create X Factor back in the day with her husband, Walt, um, and all by Bernard Chang. Um, after he went to Hellfire the Gala, uh, Jean's life is in shambles. Spoiler, she's dead. Um, and with everything hanging in the balance, Jean is doing some weird time travel nonsense to kind of stop what happened at the Hellfire Gala from happening. But by doing so, we're seeing kind of weird alternate universes, like, pop up and get destroyed while she tries to fix time. Um, and realizing her connection to the Phoenix Force and how powerful she is, um, and how unhinged she has become following the, the Hellfire Gala. Um, it's a cool character exploration on Jean Grey, so if you're a fan of Jean Grey in particular, not just of the X-Men, this is a great Jean Grey book, besides it being called Jean Grey. Um, it is a cool character study of who she is as a person start to finish. Um, I do like a lot of the, the arts fantastic. They, the first opening panels jumps all the way back to Bendis' all-new X-Men when they first get back post-extermination. Uh, um, not for the big. Uh, post-extermination. Um, so she is in the body of that young Jean Grey, which is really cool to see. Ooh, yeah, um, right. And it's like, oh, this all matters yeah. to happen. So it's really cool. And finally, another our last book for Marvel, and our last book for the for the our book reviews is Marvel Unleashed, written by Kyle Starks, Starks and art by Jesus Haveras. Uh, it's Pet Adventures, guys. It's funny. It's cute. Um, it opens up with a little poodle who like has to go find her new her master, and she recruits a new super pet. I call super pets not super pets. Uh, a new character called D Dog. Uh, D-Dog is a dog who found Demolition Man's, like, mask in the garbage. Oh, I love that. Um, he also thinks the D stands for dog. He's a, the D stands for dog, so he's dog-dog. <laughs> um, Lockjaw is kidnapped by Craven the Hunter in the beginning. And the, so D-Dog, uh, and Lucky, uh, Hawkeye's dog, team up. To go find, to go recruit other heroes to help them. They recruit Red Wing, Captain America's Falcon, and uh, Chewie, aka Captain Marvel's Flurkin, Cat. Um, and they have to go on a mission, go to find this missing human. Big twist at the end on who the villain is. It's insane. I can't tell it here because that's going to really spoil the book. Um, it's crazy. Sorry. 
uh, Cam just texted me. He goes, did you watch Ahsoka number one? I'm like, I'm about to finish recording a podcast. I'm going to watch it. Because my daughter's watching JJ in the back. So I'm like, I'll let her watch JJ. Um, also, I wouldn't be paying attention. I'd be, like, looking at the screen, trying to get, like, Easter eggs and everything. Um, but, yeah, no, it's super cool. It's fun. It's cute. Also, it's not an all-ages book. But it's it's a book that if you want to share with like kids, you can. Um, there are some scary scenes in it. I'll admit for like what could be frightened little kids. But you know, take a chance to take a look at it. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Definitely pick that book up. Um, Cam, it's funny because Cam already picked that book up because I'm buying that book. I'm like, yeah, Lockjaw. <laughs> also, my my head cannon still stands. Lockjaw was a man that went through terror genesis and became a dog. We talk about this all the time. It's a genetically altered pet. Uh, whatever. Guys, thanks for listening to this very short episode. So me and Hunter can go watch Ahsoka and talk about it in a couple of weeks. You guys can head over to our website, androidscomics.com, and check out this week's previews and new releases. Follow us on Instagram at androids underscore comics. The podcast Instagram, androids amazing podcast, and Twitter, androids amazing, or sorry, not Twitter, X. Don't forget to subscribe to our sub stack. It's in the links below. Hunter's posting stuff up here and there. I know we haven't had crazy news, uh, yeah, our updates for our projects and books. Stuff's been going on, uh, but we will update you guys in time. Um, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review. As always, share with a friend and always support your local coffee shop, guys. Have a great night. We're going to watch some Ahsoka. Peace.